podcast. If you're not listening to podcast, the terrorists are winning. That's what Jay Moore says. Welcome to the podcast. Sit down and enjoy a pint. Welcome to the Groundhog Day episode of the podcast. Allison and Eric join me to break down one of our favorite movies from 1993. It's the 30th anniversary of this classic from Bill Murray and Harold Ramis. And this is one of those rare comedies that really had an impact on the culture for decades after its release. It made the term Groundhog Day synonymous with repeated over and over. And this movie always reappears on TV and streaming services every year in late January or early February. The lines and scenes are funny and great throughout, and this is definitely one of Bill Murray's most memorable performances. So don't drive angry as we break down Groundhog Day. A thousand people freezing their butts off waiting to worship a rat. Weatherman Phil Connors is spending the day in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. Phil? Ned! Ned Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Bing! But Phil's about to find out. He's not just stuck in Puxatawney. Will you be checking out today, Mr. Connors? Chance of departure today, 100%. He's stuck... Groundhog Day! In Groundhog Day. I'm reliving the same day over and over. Bill? Ned Ryerson? Bang! Do you ever have deja vu, Mrs. Lancaster? I don't think so, but I could check with the kitchen. Well, it's Groundhog Day. Again? At first, he was a little anxious. Bill? What? Will you be checking out today, Mr. Connors? I'd say the chance of departure is 80%. But now, we could do whatever we want. He's discovering the possibilities. Don't you worry about cholesterol? Why? And living life mm. like there's Phil? no tomorrow. Phil Connors! Ned! Because there isn't. I am an immortal. I have been stabbed, shot, burned, frozen, electrocuted. I'm a god. You're a god. I'm a god. I'm not the god. He's out of his gourd. But to get what his heart wants most... What are you looking for, Phil? A date for the weekend? ...means living this day over again, <laughs> till he gets it right. Believe it or not, I studied 19th century French poetry. <laughs> what a waste of time. I studied 19th century French poetry. La fille qui j'aimera. You speak French. Oui. Bill Murray. Andy McDowell. To the Groundhog. I always drink to world peace. Well, what should we drink to? I like to say a prayer and drink to world peace. Don't drive angry. Don't drive angry. <laughs> he might be okay. Yes! Life has a funny way of repeating itself. What did you do today? Oh, same old, same old. Groundhog Day, 1993. Uh, the no-nonsense plot. A narcissistic, self-centered weatherman finds himself in a time loop on Groundhog Day. And the day keeps repeating until he gets it right. I guess. Narcissistic and self-centered, doesn't it? Sort of. I know. All right. I mean. All right. I'm in. It's got me. <laughs> that that description gets you in. Yep, I'm in. Yeah, I don't. 
don't know if I would have doubled down on the narcissistic, self-centered, um, just call them snarky and move on, but <laughs> go ahead. Uh, okay. Overall reactions to the movie. Um, you know, we saw this in the theater for sure. Mm -hmm. I did for sure. And I know we liked it instantly. Like yeah. it was like, it's all the people that we liked from the eighties. All the people. It was, uh, uh, Bill Murray and, and uh, Harold Ramis, right. uh, the director. And, uh, he did some of the writing as well. Um, so it was formulaic for us uh going in it, it was great i mean we liked those guys we liked the the style of humor it looked great going in we liked it way better coming out i think it was um uh to me it was almost like a instant classic uh oh coming sure. out of the theater yeah for sure yeah i would agree um yeah it was great eric what'd you think when you saw it first um i did not see it in the theater First time I saw it was a couple of years later um, on cable. And yeah, I took to it instantly. Yeah. I, I loved it right away. What's interesting, I've thought about this is that the movie title has become a term now that people use. Like it's it's like if something keeps happening over and over again, the saying is now it's Groundhog Day. Right. Yeah. Did you, did you see what Ebert said about it? No. Oh, Ebert talks about that. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> so Roger Ebert did his original movie review in 1993, gave it three stars. Okay. And had various good things and criticisms, whatever, fine. He revisited it, revisited this movie in 2005 and gave it four stars, like his yeah. highest rating. Yeah. Uh, and he says, I certainly... Uh, Certainly, I underrated it in my original re review. I enjoyed it so easily that I was seduced into cheerful moderation. Uh, but there are a few films, and this is one of them, that burrow into our memories and become reference points. When you find yourself needing the phrase, this is like Groundhog Day, to explain how you feel, a movie has accomplished something. Yeah. So, oh, that's funny. Mm -hmm. He talks about, I mean, and through his... his uh, his second review, he talks about um, uh, how awesome it is and, and uh, how it unfolds inevitably, but it's so entertaining. You may see where it's going, but you don't care because it's it's just so well done and the pacing is good and it's effortless and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so he loved it. Yeah. Um, even more the second time or the you know later on. Well, and there's. Sh shockingly more depth of emotion that bill murray goes through yeah. um in this whole um kind of the revelation of what he was about to experience and then um you know it's almost like the seven stages of grief like it's like his life is over but it keeps going kind of thing well since wow. you mentioned it I will, I'm going to jump into that. Okay. I'm going to pull that from the, 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 the trivia section. Okay. Um, in the course of the film, Phil Connors goes through the five stages of grief developed by psychiatrist Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. I'm going to say there are seven. Okay. She says <laughs> there are five. Uh, <laughs> denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, uh, you nailed it. Uh and 
yeah, watching it this time, you can see that almost instantly, like it's during the second day, possibly, if not the third day, he's miserable and he knows, oh, I'm fucked. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't do anything. He tries everything, but he couldn't leave. He can't, like nothing he can do will change it. I do love the first part of this, the first repeat day where he is like weirded out and he's like, what day is it? You know, once a year, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Murray is great in this movie. Um, Okay. Box office performance. Oh, okay. Let's think about this. Uh, It was... I don't know if it was a big movie. Did it come out around Groundhog Day? Um, I would have to look that up. Okay. Uh, let's just say for shits and giggles it did. Okay. Um, so there was some heavy... Oh, this is... It released February 12th. Interesting. After, yeah. After Groundhog Day. Seems like a missed huh. opportunity. Like, yeah. I feel like a mid-January... Yeah. Would have made more sense. Groundhog Day doesn't get a lot of play in like movie um no. plot lines or in books the, or the anything. Holiday like movie. Like there's nothing. Yeah. They couldn't have accelerated that by two or three weeks. You could own Groundhog Day and you missed it. <laughs> Great. There and it's must have been some other juggernaut that came out that they were not wanting to compete against but but that's but that's weird though because february is usually the like it's yeah it's where they just bury sort of movies that they don't expect to do well yeah you know it's all award seasons are all over and everything and that's just it's award season yeah so it's january february march are typically all right dead yeah that's um, where movies put out their stinker or er, Studios put out their stinkers, for lack of a better word. I call it to hide it. Um, it. So we did cover 93 before uh, with some of these movies. There are some heavy hitters okay. uh, this year. Um, so Jurassic Park. Okay. Big-ish. Yeah, slightly big. <laughs> $338 million. Um, The Fugitive, $176 million. The Firm, $158 million. Sleep is... Sleepless in Seattle, 126 million. Mrs. Doubtfire, 109. Indecent Proposal, 106. In the Line of Fire, 102. Aladdin at 99. Cliffhanger, awesome, at number <laughs> nine with 84 million. And A Few Good Men with 78 million. Disney's Aladdin only did 99 million? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I had to see when it came out. I assume it was a summer release, but, you know, that I don't know. It feels low. Yeah. All right. Um, Tom Cruise hitting with two in the top yeah. ten in yeah. the same year. That's insane. Uh, Groundhog Day number twelve. No, yeah. oh, that's not too shabby. Just out of the top ten with seventy-one million. Wow. Now the budget. I saw seventy-one million. This this uh, it, it the made gross? seventy-one okay. million. Yeah. Uh, domestic box office. Okay. The budget. I've seen a sliding scale of possibilities of what it might have cost. Okay. The number I I've, I saw most often was 14.6 million. Ooh. But I saw it could be as high 
as 30 million, like somewhere between 14 and 30. Wow, that's a big that's, range. I understand how that that's a big range. What that deal is, but what fine. do they spend it on? Yeah, there isn't, there isn't, uh, it seems like it was a bit, but a very simple shoot. I mean, just, yeah, it, even because there's, it's, it's only a few setups because you're doing the yeah. same thing over and over and over again, just in a slightly different way. Yeah. I mean, uh, you can shoot his wake up scenes a hundred different ways in, in half a day. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or him and Rita sitting at the bar with the, ordering a drink over and over and over again it's just the whole point is that it's the same thing over and over so it's not like you have to really even change anything yeah yeah and there's not a, there's no effects it's just yeah well it, and a on lot location it, and it was on location like they weren't building a lot right yeah so who knows they're, they're paying off the uh city of woodstock or something or whatever uh but sure. i don't think i don't know how it gets to 30 regardless yeah. uh it, yeah. it didn't cost that much and it made double or triple or quadruple its money the special effects of the weather map <laughs> the use of a game yeah. the chroma key, the chroma key budget was 10 million dollars <laughs> uh rotten tomatoes scores uh what do you guys think the audience gave it 85 Eric? I will say 88. Audience gave it 88. Ooh. Eric nailed Boom. it. Boom. On the money. I don't think we've had someone nail it in a long no. time. That's good. All right. So audience was 88. Critics. What do we think the critics mm. gave it? Well, I mean, we had the Roger Ebert um, felt bad and went back and re-reviewed it. He still gave it three out of four. Yeah. Originally, um, I'm gonna go 85. Okay. 79. All right, this is one of the rare times where the critics are above the audience. Oh, oh so the okay. audience gave it 88, critics gave it a 94. Whoa, wow! <laughs> oh. <laughs> So Roger Ebert, that first time out, really was out there on his own. He was an outlier. He brought down the average. Yeah. Yeah. Even though three out of four is still good, it's... Yeah. I know. I feel like it that much. Insane. All right. Let's get to the trivia part. Um, There's all kinds of, like, little stupid stuff, but I tried to pick the... Uh, Fun facts that were a little more interesting, a little more significant. Um, I don't know if I did that successfully. We shall see. Um, Bill Murray was bitten by the groundhog twice during shooting. <laughs> uh, he had to have anti-rabies injections. Oh, injections my God. Because the bites were so severe. Oof. One of the times he got bitten was the don't drive angry scene. Oh, Because really? <laughs> that, that groundhog didn't want to be told what to do. That line was improvised because the groundhog was getting all fidgety and feisty and was trying to escape over the oh my um, god. steering wheel and so he, bill murray sort of played into it so. oh my god that's good yeah I, I watched a little bit of an interview with harold ramus talking about that and they said the the groundhog bit bill murray through a leather a leather glove yeah 
and oh got God. him like so bad that it was it was like yeah well stitches and rabies shots and it was a really bad bite. Groundhogs have those beaver teeth that they can just go through anything. <laughs> all, uh, right. all the clocks in the diner are stopped. Obviously, uh, mirroring Bill's predicament. Um, in the course of the film, oh, we talked about that, the uh, five stages of grief. Yeah. That's a good one. Or seven, if you're me. Seven, if you double up a couple of them. <laughs> um, Okay, we've talked about this, and we've seen this published a bunch of times over the years, I and mean, it's been, this is the 20th anniversary, 30th, 30th anniversary, so uh, uh, this stuff has been out there for a while. How long is Phil stuck in the time loop? Oh, I don't know. So, and there is no, there is no answer, really. Okay. But Harold Ramis used to say 10 years, but then he... You know, later on, he bumped it to 30 or 40 years to give Phil, uh, Phil time to become an expert at things like ice sculpting and playing the piano and whatever. Uh, in an early draft, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ruben, uh, Danny Ruben, the other uh, the writer. Um, he estimated that Phil had been in the time loop for 70 or 80 years. Oh, my God. And there are, you know. There are people, you know, scientists or whatever right. that are trying to do, figure this out for fun, but also, you know, right. put some scientific effort uh, behind it. And they'll talk like, could it have been 10,000 years? Could it be, you know, right. it could be any number of of years or days or whatever. Uh, and he could, that's why he knows everyone, everything. He yeah. knows what's going to happen every minute, essentially. So who knows? It's like that. Um, yeah, I could have sworn. I could have sworn that. In getting back to that, one of the in the one of the original drafts, it yeah. was they were considering it having he had been there like ten thousand years. Yeah, they, okay. I saw that mentioned. I think it was like that number was a number that had come up in like some sort of uh, philosophical writings that ten thousand years. There was some significance to that. Significance to that number, yeah, ten thousand hmm. years. That's how long some people are saying he was in that loop because of the the history of that number in philosophy oh. and and reaching some existential plane. Yeah, you know? I was gonna say. Well, I had not done the math until kind of thinking about it. But like, if you think about to become like an expert in something, it's like what ten thousand hours of whatever. Sure. So. He does the um, piano, the ice sculpting, the le French, learning French, and like all of these other skills, plus then all of the time that he spent, like you said, learning every person, every aspect of that town, memorizing everything that happened. Do you know what else he learned? What? In the deleted scenes? What? Um, he became a trick shot pool genius. Oh. Uh, like a, an expert pool player and would hustle people because he could do all kinds of trick shots um he could predict all the outcomes uh, and point spreads of various sporting events right. like uh <laughs> uh uh like in uh back to back the future. future yeah um he uh but what's the other one um oh was also became a per uh could easily bowl a perfect game he's like a, became an expert bowler as well oh my God. The bowling alley. right so 
add all those things into the things that he became oh my God. Uh, expert at. Oh, yeah. That's good. <laughs> so the answer that's is, good. we don't know how long, but it was, yeah. it wasn't like, oh, a few days or a few weeks. That really does put it into perspective. The, like that would make somebody go insane. Insane. Absolutely insane. No matter what you do, you can't even leave that little town. Yeah. He tries, but yeah. it's impossible. Yeah. It sucks. It's like a, it's purgatory, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. There's that. There were some um, different versions of the script where this or that happens. Um, I mean, there's a handful of those I don't want to get into really, but, you know, some where uh, he breaks the time loop by, eh, forget it. There's a bunch of nonsense of, uh, possible or pre-existing drafts of the script that had him breaking the time loop or doing different things that didn't up in, end up in the movie and mm -hmm. they, they didn't for a reason. Right. That's what I'm getting at. Okay. Um, oh, the ending party scene where everyone thanks Phil um, for helping him helping right. him throughout the day with the tires or the, um, the choking, the choking yeah. hazard and all that stuff. Uh, that was originally supposed to take place at Fred and Debbie's wedding. You know how they, at the end, they're, oh, yeah. he gives them the tickets to WrestleMania. Right. That party was going to be their, like, wedding reception. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I need to, I need, this is a good time to point it out. Yeah. I, I was mentioned it before, and I was super excited about it when I spotted it. Um, Fred, in his, uh, Feature film debut was played by Michael Shannon. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, we 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 saw that as well. That's a good one. And yeah, I never noticed it before and lost it when I saw him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of my the I wrote down a, just a handful of trivia things, and you know I love uh, trivia like this. But Rita slaps Phil ten times in the movie. Yeah. So oh, that's like good. I love like a good count of some. Um. I like a good, uh, like a, a body count or yeah, a repetitive yeah, yeah, yeah. count. Yep. Yeah. Um, I did not pay attention to all of the, um, you know, you could probably watch this movie 25 times to look at all of the people in the background of different scenes and yeah. kind of like how it overlaps in and of it, like on itself. But when he's in the hospital with the old man, in the background, there's a boy with a broken leg, and that's supposed to be the boy that fell out of the tree that yeah. Bill Murray didn't catch. <laughs> and so, like, it's just, like, all of these different scenes and people in the background yeah. are really based on what he does or doesn't do um, throughout the movie. Um, Ned Ryerson, uh, so Stephen Tablowski, yeah. um, who plays Ned Ryerson, of course. Um, said he based his um, portrayal uh, uh, based on his actual um, insurance agent. Yeah. And the agent called to thank him for accurately portraying an insurance agent and not making fun of them yeah. because that's normally how they get portrayed. <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, they're making fun of you. Um. He, the, the, the agent was happy that he got all the terms and the right, information yes, right. Right, yeah. yes. Um, for those that are in the Chicagoland area, um, Steve Dahl um, was asked to do the morning radio show in the morning, and 
his co-host or somebody didn't quite get it and so they declined and Gary from Stephen Gary. Yeah. 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 So um that didn't happen. And Eric, you will love this, and I'm sure you've picked up on it, but um Chris um Elliot is in something else with another character in this show, and that is in Schitt's Creek. Doris is um Wendy in Schitt's Creek. Oh, the, of the, the blouse barn. Waitress is, yes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the Thora <laughs> of the blouse barn. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is well known that Bill Murray can be difficult to work with. He's yes. so eccentric and whatever. He was particularly difficult to work with on this movie. Oh, really? Um, he and Harold Ramis obviously are friends and have worked together forever. Um, but they were always fighting on the movie on this movie. <laughs> why why is that funny? It's funny. Um, Ramis was focused on making this a comedy, while Murray was more interested in the philosophical elements of the character in this story. And okay. So, uh, Ramis says uh, he was just really irrationally mean and unavailable uh, throughout shooting. Like, interesting. He wanted Bill Murray wanted to make an entirely d- different movie. I was like. Screw this comedy. We, we're going to make some deep philosophical statement here. Interesting. And Remus is like, dude, this is a right a comedy yeah. about Groundhog Day. And I had also read that Bill Murray had been, he was going through a divorce at that yeah. time as yeah. well. And was constantly calling Harold Ramis at all hours of the day to talk about the movie because yeah. he was so focused on that. And Harold Ramis had to have like a an assistant or somebody go to Bill Murray to shut that down. Yeah. That's what led to their fight. And they were fighting so bad on this. They fell out so bad that they, they did not speak again for 20 years. Oh my God. Really? uh, Until just before Ramus died in 2014. I have no idea. Harold Ramus was on his deathbed. I remember reading about this, that Bill Murray went to see him like, a couple weeks before he died or a month, you know, whatever it was. They fought about this movie and it ruined well, that relationship for 20 years. It started here. I'm sure it's, I know, it but oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a big deal. Interesting. All right. Any other Eric, trivia? Did you have any trivia? Um, I think we covered it. I can't think of anything else. All right. The casting stuff. Oh, I had one other thing. Oh. Um, it's super small, but um, the sweet vermouth on the rocks with a twist was Harold Ramis's wife's yeah. favorite drink. And yeah. so he wanted to incorporate that in there. Like, it's kind of an unusual... This is the second time... I mean, a week ago, somebody mentioned vermouth as a drink. And I was like, who? No one drinks just vermouth. And then it came up in this movie. <laughs> Okay. Um, okay. The casting stuff. There's a lot of weird information on who is cast uh, for Phil. Um, we talked about this was Michael Shannon's first movie as Fred, right. the young newlywed Fred guy. Okay. I let's do Rita first. I only have one name, and it's weird. And then I, I have no other information about who is considered for Rita. Okay. 
The only one I have is Tori Amos. Oh, <laughs> wow. Singer is Tori she playing, Amos. Is she playing the piano I, the whole time? Yeah, I don't understand. Wow. Has she ever acted in anything? Mm, I'm not aware of anything. That's the only one that I saw. Yeah, she was weird. popular in 92, 93, though. But yeah. wow. Like, great. Did hmm. they consider Debbie Gibson as well? <laughs> you know, different era, but uh okay, Phil Connors. I got a a lot of information here. I don't know what's what, so I'll just go through what I think I know. Danny Rubin, the screenwriter, wanted originally Kevin Klein to play oh. Phil. Hmm. Yeah, I that would be see good. That. You I can think see that, that. yep. yep. Works, yep. Definitely. But he had as the screenwriter, he had no say in it, so no one right. really considered it. Harold Ramis wanted Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks turned it down. Oh, interesting. Tom Hanks didn't want he he, he didn't think he, he could be that kind of a snarky a hole. Mm, yeah, know. who knows? It, do you think that's why Bill Murray was mad at Harold Ramis to start? Mm. Uh, Michael Keaton. Was offered it, turned it down. Wow. And then I have a list of people that Ramus may have considered. Okay. I don't really believe this list, but it's out there. Chevy Chase. Okay. Steve Martin. All right. Robin Williams. Okay. Michael Keaton, we just talked about. Yep. And John Travolta. <laughs> no. That's not true. That's what I read. Uh, I don't know how valid that is, but it, it said... Like, really weird. <laughs> said, so Ramis uh, considered most of them far too nice uh, compared to Bill Murray. Chevy Chase could have... Oh, yeah. Michael yeah. Keaton could have done it. Yeah, I think Keaton totally could have done that. The first handful of the people that you mentioned could have done it. Yeah. Steve Martin, sure. Robin Williams, Robin Williams can do it. Um, yeah, I, I like the Kevin Klein one. Yeah, I, I did. Tom too. Hanks probably could pull it off. Yeah. Um, the other ones, whatever. He's a good actor. Supposedly. Uh, that's all I've in got. The, um, in the that same interview that I watched with Harold Ramis that I mentioned before, yeah. he talked about um, the p potential casting of Tom Hanks, and he said that after the movie came out. Tom Hanks talked to him about it and said, "I'm it. It was it was good that you had Bill Murray play that part because everybody thinks of me as nice. Yeah, and yeah. even if I had been been playing mean at the beginning of the movie, eventually everybody was expecting me to become nice. Right. But with but with Bill Murray, you don't know what you're gonna get." <laughs> Right. Basically, what it came down to, yeah. Bill, he could be nice, or he could be Bill Murray, and it's just a complete wild card. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you don't want your audience coming with that kind of baggage, like waiting for the the turn. Yeah, yeah. that much expectation. Yeah. Um. Okay, let's get to the recasting debate. We call it recaster bait. Better close the door. It's time to recasturbate. <sighs> okay. <laughs> We've got four. We're doing Phil, 
who's Bill Murray, yeah. Rita, who's Andy McDowell, Larry, who's Chris Elliott, and Ned, who's Stephen Tobolowski. Yeah. Uh, it, this really could just be Phil and Rita and the end of the casting, mm -hmm. but uh, we threw those other ones in just in case. Uh, I don't really like and most of my answers to mm -hmm. any of these. I got a couple here and there are fine, but... I've got a cast swap uh, and I considered it, but and um, then I tried to do like a gender yeah. flip as well. So a cast like swap. A, so four for four. Yeah. Four I mean, four. it was more it like kind of like the whole thing. And it what? really got inspired by one of the pieces of trivia that I shared earlier about the Chris Elliott and um doris being uh -oh. in schitt's creek all right well then do that it's just it's taking the schitt's creek cast and all of those people being then in the small town um yeah kind of whatever and so you can have like dan levy is playing the um kind of the um snarky um big city guy having to cover this small town yeah. nonsense you can have, um, it could be the woman who plays Stevie and like, I know you don't, you're not as familiar with all the characters, yeah. but like you can take just about every character from that show and sort of plug them in to um, characters from this movie. So Dan Levy's sister is Rita then? Oh, no, well, or, or it could be, or the, or it could be Patrick, the, the guy who plays Patrick or oh, whatever. Okay. So you could do it like. Um, it doesn't have to be a heterosexual. No, no, yeah, um, whatever. Uh, couple. Would it, be, but... would it be all of the roses being stuck in the loop? Oh, <laughs> I didn't think about that, but that would be super funny. Um, no, but I was thinking like um, Eugene Levy could play the mayor um, with Bob, like being the sidekick. Um, you know, uh, pulling the groundhog out. Chris Elliott could be like one of the jokers at the bowling alley. Um, the drunk guys. So you don't want Chris Elliott to be Chris Elliott? No, no, no. He's going to be played by somebody else. I want Eugene Levy to be in the Phil part. Uh, for, not for what I was thinking. I know. Yeah. Saying. But anyway, so that was kind of my right. cast swap idea. And it's really kind of just building off of small town to small town. Yeah. All right. Well, let's start with Bill. Okay. Um, I'll start with mine. I really only have one answer, but I I, I threw out some names that are okay. uh, possible. Um, I really want to put Donald Glover in this movie in this part. I don't know if he can sell this part as well. I think he might be fine, but I okay. don't know. So he. he uh, that's a name that I was considering. Who knows? Uh -huh. uh, one I like, uh, the snark would be there, uh, Will Arnett. Oh, yeah. Be my number three, yeah. maybe. Yeah, that's pretty good. My number two, I think, would be Joel McHale. Okay, yep. He's played Chevy Chase in a movie. Why can't he play <laughs> Bill Murray in a movie? <laughs> yeah. Um, my number one, I think, it is Bill Hader. Oh, that was mine. I think it, it's a layup. I think, and we we had this problem. I think with Ghost, Ghostbusters as well. Uh, 
trying to replace Bill Murray in a movie is impossible. Yeah, it's very so. Uh, Bill Hader is my closest bet right there. All right, uh, Eric, give us your fill. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I was going along the lines. I was trying to think of actors that could play the jerk. So <laughs> someone like Bill Hader for me doesn't necessarily fill that role for me. Um, Joaquin Phoenix was one that I thought of that maybe could. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. But the one that I thought of, like, as soon as we said we were doing this movie and the name that popped into my head right away and stuck with me the whole way is John Hamm. Oh, that's good. That's good. He is my I like film. him a lot. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Did you see him in that, that new Fletch movie, Eric? <laughs> Not yet. Fletch Confess or something Confess like that? Fletch. Confess yeah. Fletch. Uh, that is a good window into John Hamm, uh, potentially for a role like this, but, uh, yeah, that's good. Okay. John Hamm's a good one. Yeah. Um, so Bill Hader was my top. Um, I know you guys might groan a little bit, but I think Ryan Reynolds could play this part. Yeah. I don't, that's a movie I don't, I don't want to see. I know. (laughs) The gender swap is Cecily Strong. Who's Cecily Strong? What? From SNL? Is that her last name? Strong? Strong. Oh, okay. yeah. Dark hair. She yeah. just left the show. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Playing the self-centered, narcissistic uh-huh. weather person. Uh-huh. Cecily Strong. All right. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Rita. Mm-hmm. Eric, why don't you start with a Rita? Okay. Um, it has, it had no real, um, in the, it was no real reason for it, the character for, um, her to have a Southern accent because it was just Andy McDowell. Can I speak normally? And she had, had a Southern accent, but I sort of, went along with that and I was trying to think of actresses that were from the South. Um, one name that I came up with first that I think is okay, but I don't really like is Reese Witherspoon. Oh, okay. Um, but then, um, I think the one that I liked the best that I thought of, and again, I'm not super excited about it, but, um, Jennifer Garner sort of can, Oh, Build <laughs> that sort of. Uh, That's, um, That's a name that hasn't come up on the. What I like about that is that it, it is a name that is new to us mostly. Yeah, it may have come up here and there, but yeah, I good. on a lot of my names throughout the rest of these people, I hit a lot of my. Uh, I went to my bench and I found the same people. Uh-huh. So I, I, these will sound very familiar to anybody who's listened to this podcast. Yeah. Uh, but not all of them. So my Rita, uh, my third place is Lizzie Kaplan. We were just talking about her uh, recently. She was in Misery. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. that that TV show. Yep. Uh, she was in the uh, what is it? Uh, those two magic movies. Uh, Now you see me, or something like that. 
with uh, Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, my number two, Rita. Rita is good because she's plays it one hundred percent straight. You don't right. need an, a, a, right. a comedic actress in this, right? Uh, but I've found two that could do either way. Yeah. Uh, Rose Byrne. Oh, yeah. As a Rita, my number one Rita. You <laughs> yes. can probably guess. Okay. Uh, Rachel McAdams. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I kind of, of put that was. in there because it was funny. Of course it was. All right. I, I Rose Byrne might be my number one on that one. Yeah. Probably, yeah. So I I have kind of one that's a little bit more serious um, than, but would be good kind of being exacer, exasperated by um, a narcissistic, self-centered weather man. I've got Catherine Heigl. Where's she been? Yeah. Um, yeah. and then Anna Kendrick. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then to play opposite Cecily Strong, I've got Chris Pine being the producer. That works. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Chris Pine. Yeah, that's good. Uh, oh, he already did read it. Uh, all right, Al, you come back with Larry. <laughs> Um, okay. This is our Chris Elliott. Yeah, it's the Chris Elliott. I actually have four names, but I'm trying to decide which one I want to do. So I think I'm I'm going to go with mm, Jason Manzoukas. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> that, 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 that could be your number one right there. Um, I'm going to also throw in a Kieran Culkin. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. And then doing a gender swap um, is Greta Lee. I don't know. She's a name. comedic actress. She was in. She's in Russian Doll. She's in Sisters. She's in Girls. Okay. Um, I think she does some stand up. Greta Lee. Okay, I think I've seen her before. All right. Um, so that's your Larry. Yeah, I've got three Larrys. Um, let's see which is my number one. I'll do my number three. Number three, Jason Sudeikis. Okay, <laughs> that could be a Chris Elliott type character. Number two, Michael Che. Uh huh. I think he could pull off that. I mean, there's nothing to this character right. really, so whatever. Uh. Number one is a different kind of a Larry. I'm gonna go Pete Davidson. Oh. <laughs> I want a, a little sort of weird edge to my Larry. The so. cameraman. Yeah. 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 There we go. Um did it... all right, Eric. Yeah, Eric. All right. Um, I got three names. I don't all of them would bring something completely different to that. Um to that Larry character and they would all, all, all of them just being themselves would be mm -hmm. an interesting take on that character. Uh, I guess no real particular order. Uh, my number three, I'll say uh, Nick Torsten. I don't know. Um, that. It's a comedian. 
Name. Um, he was in. He's in a lot. He's in a lot of like uh, sort of uh, the Adam Sandler movies, like Grandma's Boy and um, Bench yeah. Warmer, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, another one, and it makes me laugh thinking of him saying the prima donna line uh, <laughs> in his own specific way. Uh, Jack McBrayer. Oh. <laughs> wow. That's a good name. That's a yeah. good name. And just just being very weird and Yes. Yeah. And one. then uh the third wow. one that I have, another one just uh, doing his own thing once again, um Zach Galifianakis. Oh. Mm. <laughs> I like that one a lot. Yeah. That's like hitting solid. on Nancy at the bar and yeah. all of yeah. that. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's Going good. up there to be the uh, uh, the bachelor auction for twenty five. Yep, five cents. That's good. All right, Ned Ryerson, <laughs> needle nose Ned, Ned the head. Yeah, I had the most trouble with this one. I did too. Yep, I only have two names. I don't know that I'd love either one, but the yeah. they can they can do it, probably. Uh my backup is John Mullaney. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. I think he could do the that fast talk. That'd be funny. Interesting. That'd yeah. be interesting. <laughs> yep. That would be something. That's good. Uh a very different person than John Mullaney is my number one. One of the people I go to a lot, uh, Paul Giamatti. Oh, yeah. A very different version yeah. of it, but he can do crazy stuff with it. Yeah. It'd be good. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's all I got. Uh, Al, give us a Ned. All right. So I, I was trying to find somebody that wasn't good. Nobody can play that part better than that actor. So yes. it's trying to find somebody who could create their own character that could be kind of somewhat fast talking but in a different kind of maybe annoying way or would be like super um aggressive is not the right term but you know yeah. out there yeah i've got michael pena <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've got mikey day i absolutely had him written down and then i crossed it off and then Doing a gender swap, I've got Heidi Gardner sure. from SNL sure. doing like a, a different thing. Like it could sure. be like an influencer. It could be like some other kind of an, an annoying yeah. connection to that person that would want to just talk all the time about what they're doing and would yeah. be um, yeah. out there. So yeah, nobody can wear that fur collared coat. And Mikey Day could. I think Mikey Day could do the same character almost. Yeah. That's good. Uh Eric, do you have a Ned? I do have a Ned. Um one of the names I had is this is me pulling definitely pulling somebody off my bench that I go to a lot. Yeah. If um if I've been a stick up anywhere in this movie, this is where I would put Charlie Day. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> I Totally considered 
Yeah. He's doing it um, today or a Tom Hardy somewhere, but yeah. Another name that I considered him could kind of, I think could pull it off, but it would be, um, I don't know, maybe it's too much for the small part, but uh, Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but the name I think I like the best, um, it would be a ton of ener- a different energy, but a ton of energy getting right in Phil's face and being obnoxious would be uh, Jack Black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had him floating around this movie somewhere. Oh, too. that's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I thought about him for the Larry part yep. as well. Oh, that's, yes. You know? Yep. Yeah, Jack Black's in this movie somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's all I got. I had a couple of kind of um, one-offs. You, you love throwing names to yeah. bit parts. Nancy. Okay. I've got Judy Greer. Okay. That part. <laughs> All right. And then this is sort of a, um, a, a character um, from a different Bill Murray movie, but the right. woman who owns the bed and breakfast. Yeah. Would be played by Julie Haggerty, who plays Faye yeah. in What About Bob? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. You could see her asking all of those questions every day. Yeah, in that voice, that's good. I I can't think of her name. I would want in that part the secretary from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yeah. Because now she's older. Yeah, play that. Oh, yeah. That's good. Uh, okay. Memorable scenes and quotable lines. He's out of his gourd. He's out of his gourd. He's out of his gourd. And of course, don't drive angry. Don't drive angry. That's always a good one. Don't drive angry. Don't drive angry. I'm predicting March 21st. (laughs) (laughs) Bing! The the whole scene with, or any scene with Needle Nose Ned, Ned the Head. Needle Nose Ned, Ned the Head. Every time he comes up is great. Yeah. Ned! Ryerson! Needle nose Ned, Ned the head. Come on, buddy. Case Western High. Ned Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Ned Ryerson got the shingles real bad senior year, almost didn't graduate. Bing again! Ned Ryerson, I dated your sister Mary Pat a couple times till you told me not to anymore. Well? Ned Ryerson? Uh, oh, I got that. That that like cat meow. Oh yeah. Like, oh, I got that. And then it's so crazy. Mine too. <laughs> Where are we going? Oh, let's not spoil it. <laughs> oh, let's not. Oh, I got that. It's really good. Nobody could do that. That's a guy who's taking a tiny little part and yeah. really putting something into he it. Milked it for all its yeah. worth. Yeah. For sure. Uh Phil every time in the cold shower. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> He's oh, 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 god. Mom, is there any hot water? <laughs> oh, no, there 
it wouldn't be today. <laughs> of course not. And then that hop out of the tub. Hop out of the tub with the shower curtain and the oh my god. <laughs> no hot water? Well, there wouldn't be today. <laughs> Who else could go for jacks? some flapjacks about now? Yeah, yeah. Too early for flapjacks? Yeah. <laughs> what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. That's good. Oh my god. Uh, I mean, the uh, it's not exactly a quotable line, although you hear it more than anything in this movie. Okay, campers, rise and shine. Don't forget to <laughs> your booties because it's cold out there. It's cold out there every day. Yeah. Like the banter between oh, uh, yeah. the DJs in the morning. Yep. You hear it, I don't know, 15 times. Okay, campers. Yeah. yeah. Okay, campers, rise and shine. Groundhog the music day. selection in this movie is great too. It's yeah. really good. Um, I, I this is now recalling a, another bit of trivia is the "I Got You, Babe" was yeah. purposely selected because the lyric "I Got You, Babe" is repeated so much in the song. Yeah. It's intended to be like a precursor for the whole yeah. premise of the movie. The uh, <clears throat> Weatherman song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, was written by Harold Ramis. Oh, really? And somebody else, yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, the polka song is so... Yeah. When Bill Murray, or Phil, uh, is on the phone with the uh, long-distance operator, you know, all the long-distance lines are down. Uh, what, about, what about the satellite? Uh, is it snowing in space? <laughs> That whole he takes that shovel to the brain, the shovel to the head out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> that's a little sneaky scene. Yeah, and you see, and I this is the I think the first time I noticed it, but you see the guy the whole time he's on the phone, you see the guy shoveling outside. Yeah, and then you see him, he comes around and walks in the door and walks past him and whacks him in the head. They must have noticed those. I yeah. never noticed it was that guy shoveling outside at the, at the beginning of that yeah, scene. They must have had Murray like doing his lines, and they're like, "This scene it just needs something. We, yeah. we, need, we need a little more, a little action, a little punch to this stupid scene. It can't just be these words." And somebody came up with the shovel in the back of the head. I'm sure. Yeah. On on the day, they must have. Yeah. Just right. something to make his day that much worse. Right. Right. He just put that anywhere, pal. <laughs> That guy's accent. Bill, like the groundhog? Hey, watch out for your shadow there, buddy. He's the guy from the Burbs and from totally. you know, Shut Down yep. Grid 212 and Die Hard. Yep. Yep. That guy's awesome. <laughs> so great. I'd say the chances are 80%. 75, 80. Yeah. 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 The, uh, the, whole, the scene with the psychiatrist who's just got <laughs> no clue what to do. Like, I took abnormal psychology. Yeah. I, I mostly deal with couples. I'm an alcoholic now. You must have studied this in school. You didn't, it wasn't a veterinary psychology, right? right. He's like, Wait, I think we should meet again. How about tomorrow? <laughs> Is that not good? Yeah. It's, it's so good. 
This movie's an hour 41. Yeah. It's good. Pretty tight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Unless you have another no. one. No. Let's, so, would what would you want to see in a sequel if there was one? I don't want to see a sequel. There is no reason. Yeah, this is no. a self-contained movie. Yeah. Let's that. <clears throat> All right. April Fool's Day would be kind of funny. Like, it's just <laughs> pranks galore. <laughs> yeah. I'm somebody that hates getting pranked. Yes. Uh, okay, the how much are they worth game? And now, let's play the how much are they worth game. I threw one little wild card in. Uh, because right. I, I didn't want to do the estate of Harold Ramis. Okay. We've got Stephen Tobolowski. We've got Brian Doyle Murray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He plays the uh, yeah. the main uh, groundhog guy. Uh, Chris Elliott, Andy McDowell, Bill Murray. So let's start with Stephen Tobolowski, actor who is known for Groundhog Day. Yep. He has been in a lot of stuff. Thelma and Louise, Spaceballs. Uh, He's done, you know, so many like TV series. (laughs) He's in the new Thundercats series. (laughs) Nice. He's a ton of voiceovers. Yeah, he's got that very distinct voice. Yeah. He was in uh, Memento. Yep. Oh, yeah. He, uh, what was that one? Uh, Sneakers with Robert Redford. I think that was that movie. Um, he was in that movie. Yeah, he, he's done a ton of stuff, but it's all little stuff. I think he was in a... <laughs> He was in a. Uh, I think he was in a Steven Seagal movie because I remember him, like the uh, the crazy stories that people tell about Steven Seagal being an idiot, and I remember him yeah. telling a story. He was in a Seinfeld episode. <clears throat> he has two hundred and eighty three credits. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of one offs for uh, TV shows and voiceover stuff. All right, let's get a number for this guy. Okay. Okay. Uh, Eric, give us a number for Ned Ryerson. I will say four million. I think I overshot this one. Uh, I said 12. I said seven. Crikey's. All right, um, let's put this in the old celebrity net worth. I don't like the new website, by the way, but oh, a bitch. Steven, yes, okay. Ooh, someone nailed it. Steven Tobolowski has a net worth of. Four million dollars. 
Eric Bing. gets it. Eric. Bing. <laughs> That's good. All right. Uh, Bill Murray's older brother, Brian Doyle Murray. He's got SpongeBob money, doesn't he? Does he? Isn't he him? What, what, what did he do in SpongeBob? He's not Mr. Crab. No, isn't he? Um, I could be wrong. I thought he played one of the superhero guys. But I could be wrong. Oh. No, maybe I don't know. The Flying Dutchman. <laughs> he's, no, he's Noah Vanderhoff from Wayne's World. Oh my god. Well, yeah, and Caddyshack. I mean, he's in so many movies. Yeah. Flying he's Dutchman. got 164 acting credits. Yep. And yeah, he was, god, he was all over the place. He was, he played Jack Ruby in JFK. Yeah, right. It's got a lot of voice work. His voice is so distinct. Oh yeah, SpongeBob. He must be in like half of Bill Murray's movies too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Bill JFK, Ghostbusters Two, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. He was in Kick Butowski. You remember that show? Scrooged. Sixteen Candles, National Lampoon's Vacation, SNL. Fifty-two episodes of SNL. Wow. Really? Wow. Caddyshack. All right. This guy. All right. I'm gonna do that. Boom. All right, uh, Al, give us your number for Brian Doyle Murray. 29 million. 29. Eric, what do you got? Uh, <laughs> three. Really? Well, yeah. I am repeating my previous 12 million again. So 12 is my number. Okay. Maybe I'm way off, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Oh, he's he's everywhere, but I feel like he's got a lot of just sort of like day rolls. Eric said three. Uh, Eric, you did not nail it this time. You were off by one. Uh, Brian Doyle Murray has a net worth of four million dollars. Out of here. That seems low. That feels really low. I think he's got he like, a lot of work for that whole, four million. He's got a whole business. Like a side retail business with Bill Murray. This can't, that can't be the right number. Oh yeah, yeah, that's nuts. Okay, uh, Chris Elliott, whose daughter was on SNL. Well, Roland Schiff. <laughs> Yeah, he's known for a Groundhog Day as well. Uh, Cabin Boy. Oh my God. Oh my God. Woogie. There's, and there's something about Mary. Yeah. I call it a love blister. 
Tons of TV. Tons of TV. Yeah, I don't know what to do with this guy either. Kingpin? <laughs> Larry Sanders show? He was on one episode of Community, Hot in Cleveland. He was on 11 episodes of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> he was in The Abyss. Got <laughs> <laughs> uh, about that. My God, that's right. Okay, well... All right, everybody write down your number. <laughs> this uh, this is not going well for me. I don't, okay. I don't have a feel for any of this stuff. Um, okay, I've got, well, since the previous two were four million, I'm gonna up it one and I'm gonna go five million. Okay. What do you got now? I have 12. Damn it. Eric? Eight. Hmm. Elliot, there he is. Hmm. Okay. Chris Elliot has a net worth of ten million dollars, which means Allison and Eric tie, but the tie goes to the person who's under. So Eric gets that one. Come on. We're getting skunked. This is not. Working out the way I wanted it to. Okay, now we get to the the bigger heavy hitters here. Andy McDowell. Oh, still haven't heard from her in a while. No, I think she she was just in she, something. She was in the show, TV show Made. Yeah, yeah. She's letting her hair go gray. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. There she is. Mac Four Bell. weddings and a funeral. Of course. St. Elmo's Fire. Oh, yeah. Magic Mike XXL. <laughs> is that the new one or the old one? Uh, maybe 15. I don't know if that's, that's new or old. That's the old one. The new one is coming out like next month or Oh, oh that you know whatever. She was in the remake of Footloose. Her daughter was in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh yeah. Oh, the she was uh, Jane in the Greystoke: The Legend of Tarzan. <laughs> wow. And they dubbed over her voice. Really? Yeah. If I remember correctly, they dubbed it. They. She had that super thick southern accent. Yeah, in South Carolina. I Look, saw that in the theater. <laughs> Eric, it looks like she was in Muppets from Space. That's right. She was a, uh, I think she was like a, a news correspondent or something. Nelly Snipes. She was in The Player. She was in Hudson Hawk. Sex, Lies, and Videotape we talked about. Seen Almost Fire. Greystoke. Yeah. Green Multiplicity, Park. another Harold Ramis. Oh my God! Moving, yeah, with our buddy Michael Keaton. All right, Andy McDowell. 
I'm not sure what to do with this one. Mm. Alter it slightly. Okay. Eric, give us a number for Andy McDowell. Um, 18 million. 18. I had 19. Ooh. And 10. 10 for Al. He's got all that. What's that hair product she does? Isn't that Pantene? She got Is all she that Pantene? Pantene money or whatever she does. Yeah. Uh, Andy McDowell has a net worth of twenty million. So I just squeaked it out. I actually wrote down twenty and then crossed it out and put nineteen. Wow. Okay, at least uh, I'm on the board. Eric's up three to one. And He's up four to one because he got out of the nose, oh, right? Four to one, right. Double whammy. Four to one. Um, we've done it before, but we don't remember. So let's do Bill Murray. We are in a vacuum. Yep. So frustrating. We shut out again. I don't know if you know this, but Bill Murray was in Ghostbusters. He was? Yeah. The French Dispatch. Rushmore, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Isle of Dogs. Moonrise Kingdom. Stripes. <laughs> the French Dispatch. A Very Murray Christmas. <laughs> That's insane. Oh, Lord. Boston Translation. St. Vincent. Tannenbaum. Charlie's Angels. So he's got like no team, right? So like all he keeps all of his money, do we think? Mostly. He's probably got yeah. a lawyer. You know, it's not some sort of lawyer that right. handles some of that stuff, but yeah. Osmosis Jones. Garfield. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I feel like this number could vary so widely. He was in Space Jam. Yes, he was. The original. Kingpin. Was born in Wilmette. Yep. What about Bob? Baby Steps. Okay. Kingpin by Gurney McCracken. Petty check. Okay, okay, okay. He's in a lot of movies, some are big, a lot of voiceover, no management, or very little. I don't know what to do with this guy. Well, Let's see. Uh, okay, Allison, give us your. Bill Murray number. 150 million. Fuck. I had 71. Ooh. <laughs> Eric, what do you got? 75. Ooh. Okay. Well, I, I don't feel as bad then. At least somebody's down there with me. 
There he is. Ooh. Okay. <clears throat> Bill Murray has a net worth of $180 million. Oh, my God. Yay! Oh. Bing! Bing, definitely. Bing. <laughs> that was... That was a Phil Connors bang. Exactly. <laughs> One eighty. That's nice. Good for Okay, well, that is Groundhog Day, and it's a movie we have to watch every year. Yes. And do I, they play it? Do they do like a twenty-four hours of Groundhog Day on a channel? Twenty-four hours, but it's definitely on. I, mean, I remember the last couple of years, I like made a note of it. Like it's definitely yeah. on that weekend or the, the day before and day of Groundhog Day. You know, it feels like such a missed opportunity to not just have it like TBS just play it for twenty four hours. You definitely could, but it's a Tuesday or something. Right. Like no one's around to watch it, so right. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, it's really good watching this. Today, I realized I've watched it so much, I didn't really need to watch it this time. I knew yeah. everything pretty much by heart. I feel it, been a long, I've, it was a long time for me since I've watched it, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, it's been a while for me. Oh, but even so. Months for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it's probably been almost exactly a year. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I saw it beginning to end, but like I'll catch parts of it yeah. for sure. Yeah, and it, it, it plays so often on TBS or whatever, mm -hmm. TNT, you know, some movie channel that'll have, uh, you know, that in between uh, running Shawshank, they'll have uh, Groundhog Day in there. <laughs> Eric, did you feel like it was uh, after having a lot of time in between, like as good as you remembered it? Definitely, yeah. They're... Uh... And it was weird because usually a lot of times when it's been a long time since you watch a movie, you're sort of almost re-remembering things, mm -hmm. but it still felt very familiar. And yeah, I, it just, yeah, it still played really, really well. Nice. Yeah. It's good. I mean, it obviously holds up. It's great. I mean, the, uh... I always focus on the pacing, but the pacing is still there. Thirty years later, it it moves pretty well. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel an hour and forty minutes. That's that's pretty tight. Yeah. When I was watching it, I'm like, oh, we're already at this part. Like, it kind of you know sped ahead. I'm like, oh, he's already at the part where he's jumping off the the clock tower. The or clock whatever tower. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't believe we're there already. Uh, yeah, it's great. If whoever hasn't. I mean, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, I don't know why you're listening to this, but uh, watch it for the first time. Watch it again. Watch Hopefully it every year. You sold it. Yeah. To the per the one person that hasn't seen it. Great. It's fun. Um, I wish they would do more movies like this. Harold uh, move Harold Ramis style comedy. Long gone. All right, that's Groundhog Day. <laughs>